Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 8.45 now, 8.46, 14 till 9. One thing I did see yesterday that um, I, I didn't really care for, and look, maybe, maybe it was taken out of context, but uh, a guy was testifying before the uh, committee yesterday about how he was wrongly imprisoned, and a legislator was just scrolling through their phone, not even paying attention to what the guy was saying, and I think she should have at least uh, given him the respect of listening to what he had to say, and, and maybe it was taken out of context. Maybe it wasn't happening at that time, but that's just my two cents on that. Barry Irwin joins us now, President of Council for Better Louisiana Cable, to talk about what exactly the criminal justice reforms of 2017 were and should they be undone. Good morning. How are you, Barry? Hey. Good. How are you doing? I'm okay, sir. Let's talk about what the criminal justice reforms were of 2017, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, basically, it was uh, really to try and look at the at the huge high incarceration rate that we had in Louisiana, and if there's something that you know was stood out that made us a little bit different. One of the things that happened across the country is is 44 states and all you know enacted criminal justice reforms, and I think what people need to understand is that these are aimed at nonviolent offenders, not violent offenders, and the idea was we are incarcerating. We were. Large, large numbers of um, uh, nonviolent offenders at rates at the same rate as violent offenders, and we were spending a ton of money doing that. Uh, what we saw in other states is when they kind of looked at that, tried to do things to reduce that long um, incarceration of nonviolent offenders, they saved money, number one, and number two, they reinvested it in programs that helped them not reoffend. And the data that we have seen, and some of it that, that just came out from the legislative auditor's office, is that that plan has worked. Um, and so that was the thing. I think people confuse, you know, the rise in violent crime with what we were trying to do with the reforms, which were nonviolent offenders. And so we just want to keep that kind of clarified that we're not talking about violent offenders. We're talking about those nonviolent offenders that are going to return to society anyway. What what do what do the stats show, and what is in this? call for the special session that would change that as far as nonviolent crimes? Well, I think, first of all, what the, the data shows, and this came from the legislative auditor just this week, is that the reforms worked. We did allow nonviolent offenders to um, uh, emerge or get out of uh, prison earlier if they did the right things, if they behaved, if they involved themselves in you know, uh, reentry programs and that type of thing. We saved almost $200 million over the period since those reforms went in place. We took those dollars and reinvested a good portion of them um, into reentry programs, skills training, you know, literacy, learning, that type of thing. And the number of people who reoffended was a, a smaller number that it decreased from what it was before. So that was exactly what 
you know, the, the reforms were intended to do. Now, the session itself is pretty broad in terms of what we're talking about with, um, with the crime session overall. I think the concern is that there are some areas where we would go back to some of these mandatory sentences that kind of that, that catch the nonviolent offenders in there with the violent offenders, and that would kind of undo what we were trying to do with these other folks who, again, they're going to get out of jail anyway. The idea is if you're going to get out of jail, maybe we give you an incentive to get out early if you do the right things and if we can get you the training and skills you need so that you don't reoffend. We hear when it comes to juvenile crime that, you know, um, e- even the people that are staunch, um, I don't know of anybody that's pro-crime, the, the staunchest uh, pro-punishment uh, people that there are, that you need to separate the nonviolent juvenile offenders from the stone-cold killers because inevitably it's going to be a school and you're going to wind up with uh, a juvenile that's going to learn one way or the other, either to get his life on track or how to be a stone-cold killer. And it seems like, and that's a gross overstatement, I realize, a simplification. Sure. But is it the same thing when you're talking about nonviolent offenders in prison? Because I guess it can become an emotional issue, but when it comes to emotional intelligence and economic sense, one way or the other, you, you either pay to lock them up forever or if you keep them in jail and don't teach them anything or, or how to get their life back together, they're going to learn from the violent criminals. And, and basically you're running a, a criminal university. Is that wrong or not? No, I, I think that's part of the argument for sure. I mean, you know, if you spend more time in some of these uh, facilities with violent offenders and with you know the worst of the worst for lack of a better way of of uh, of terming it you know that's the culture that you were involved with a lot of these nonviolent offenders honestly they're drug offenses they are things that you know we don't want people doing them maybe they broke into somebody's house we don't want that to happen nobody is saying that that's right but the issue is these people are going to get out because we don't lock these people up forever. I mean, nobody does. And so the key is if we can reduce that time that we're spending so much money on incarceration, which is very expensive, and turn that money into this you know, skills training and those things that we were just talking about, does that make sense? Does it save us money, number one, and does it keep us safe, number two? And so far, you know, we're only five years into this, really, in terms of the data. The evidence suggests that it is working. Now, there's no question that violent crime has gone up, you know, here and across the country. Uh, That's a function of COVID, which, you know, researchers are going to have to figure that out later on. But in terms of the data that we're seeing with the nonviolent, you know, what we tried to do is working, and we just don't want to backtrack on that, especially while we're seeing good evidence, and we want to see that evidence, you know, continue and, and actually continue to improve. Let's try to parse and we come back, if we can, Barry Irwin, president of Council for Better Louisiana, um, the, the financial sense that it makes, because you can look at it from a humane approach, and you can also look at it from a return on investment approach, right? And what would be the cheaper alternative financially to society, not just in terms of quality of life, because it's going to cost a lot more to lock people up longer if they have a higher chance of reoffending, and then you got to put them back in prison than to set them on the right road. I would think the better investment would be to send them on the right road, but we'll talk about that when we come back. 852 Traffic Now, WWL. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 8.56 and a half. Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Barry Irwin, president of Council for Better Louisiana. Cable, Barry, I'm getting an earful from three or four people that are of the lock them up, throw away the key uh, crowd. Let's talk. And, and, and by the same token, I would presume uh, they would be against uh, or for the governor. And I don't mean to bring you into this with the um, with the EBT program and feeding hungry kids. They don't want to spend the three and a half million to administer the 71 million they're getting from the federal government. That's going to go in somewhere else anyway. But if that's the case, uh, is there an economic case to be made about, okay, now keep in mind, you might want to throw away the key, but it's not the cheapest thing you can do. Well, yeah. And, and I would say this, I mean, I think there are different parts of the criminal justice aspect that we need to think of. One of them is justice itself. And certainly if somebody commits a crime, part of you know what we do is try to provide justice. And that would be jail time in many cases, because that's what we do. So we're not saying that there should not be an element of justice to it. I guess what we're saying is for some of these people, particularly people who are involved, you know, with, with drug related offenses, you know, I think we probably all know people that have had that issue in their lives somewhere, and they've probably, you know, used the drugs and probably also created a, a um, enact or did a criminal act, which you know was to support that that habit. But they weren't criminals at heart. They they had issues that they were dealing with, and so part of what we're trying to say is yes, they need to be uh, have justice administered. But if we can take these people who are not criminals at heart, but are people that, you know, have some problems, that we can help them with their problems, uh, yes, get them out of jail earlier, but equip them to go back into society and be productive and, you know, uh, and get away from that uh, type of life that they had, is that a good investment? Yes, it seems to be when you do the math. I mean, again, the savings we've had from the incarceration reduction, which, again, by and large is nonviolent offenders, is almost $200 million. And that's been reinvested, you know, in these kind of programs, but also in the state general fund for the state. Uh, Portions of it have gone there. So, you know, when you do the math, it seems to add up. You know, for this you know limited group of people we're talking about, and to do differently, people better get ready to pay more taxes, to build more prisons, and hire more guards, right? Yes, indeed. Which is one of the hardest things that we have right now is hiring corrections officers because you know it's not a high-paying job, and you know we we have a big big need for them. And you're gonna have um, to pay more make dollars and cents. Then you get yes, to pay more, pay for it. right? Yes, okay. exactly. Thank you. Appreciate your time, Barry. You know, uh, Barry Irwin, president of council for Better Louisiana. It's easy to make some idiotic decisions and say you're tough on crime, but you have to look at it a little beneath the headlines and see what is the most cost effective. And then from there, if you want to go to humane and getting people on the right track, you can. But if you want to lock them up and throw away the key, you better be get ready to spend a lot of money on prisons and guards because we're having a hard time with that now. Back in a flash, WWL. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.